The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. This is the Monday Night Recap, and what a show do we have for you. It's going to be incredible and thrilling for like 45 minutes. And then over the final five minutes, I'm going to poop my pants and throw an interception. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the the only Philip Rivers family. That was a Philip Rivers joke. Uh, 24-17. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Los Angeles Chargers on Monday night in Mexico. It was not a fiesta, John Breach, for Philip Rivers, was it? It was not. It was more of a siesta for Chargers fans because they're going to cry themselves to sleep after this game. Uh, but you know what? They probably cry themselves to sleep every single week that the Chargers play because no team is better at losing in the final minute than the Chargers. I think, Sean, you tweeted out that thing back in September that said, file this tweet away. And come and find it. Philip Rivers always has the ball with under a minute left, trailing by a touchdown. And then there's always a great picture of him looking at the sky in disappointment after they lose. And we got our vintage Rivers disappointment. Uh, and here's the thing. It was the same thing as last week where total befuddlement with all the play calling the Chargers pulled off. Uh, in the final minutes, they just wing it deep. And yes, it happened to work. The prayers got answered when Rivers completed a, fi- a miracle 50 yard pass to Mike Williams, uh, with what, like 45 seconds left in the game. But you know what? It, it probably been better off if he didn't complete that pass. Cause then all we saw was him break everyone's heart with that interception, uh, in the end zone with 18 seconds left, which by the way was his fourth interception. He now has seven interceptions. In his last two games, which is the most ever for Phillip Rivers in a two-game span, he now has 61 losses by seven points or less, which is the most of any quarterback in NFL history. And he now has zero touchdown passes and four interceptions in the final two minutes of regulation in any game this season that was one possession or less, which is basically ever Chargers game. So he has been a disaster in crunch time this year. That is my main takeaway of this game. Well, if you guys are wondering why I introduced you in awkward ways at the beginning, it's because I'm scared of that happening, where somebody grabs the wheel and just veers it into a Philip Rivers screen. Sean Wagner McGuff, Ryan Wilson also on the uh, the call here. Look, I'm going to be honest, reach it wrong. It feels like every week it's the same thing. Did uh, the Oakland game end with an interception too? Lab circle. 
of everything we've ever done or will do, we're going to do over and over and over again. Ryan just can't not really sound this is drinking. This is Oakland in with a pick. He's screaming. I'm trying to play a great sound Ryan's over there with his tea, screaming about an Oakland pick. I don't, hell, I don't know, Ryan. Always, who the hell knows? It always, yes, of course it made with an interception. Average Philip Rivers games ends with an interception. I tweeted 19 times before that pick saying, this is what's going to happen. They're going to find a way to get back in this game to get down by seven. March down the field. Have a great look at it. Touchdown to tie it. And then Phillip Rivers is going to throw a back-breaking, unbelievable pick to some no-name loser on the Chiefs defense. Daniel Sorris said, I'm sorry, I don't mean that to you or your family. But as you get to a pick there on the wheel route, the Austin Eckler in the right side of the end zone on second down, it's just horrible. Well, I asked about last week. By the way, I've never been so disrespected as to play a random clip. What was that clip that you played? It's True Detective? Detective. Uh, I couldn't even make it out. I was making a. You're yelling about the Raiders. Making an awesome point. Uh, my, what I was going to say before you rudely interrupted me with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. I'm assuming that was season one. No one knew, and Philip Rivers should be season two of True Detective. He's the season two of True Detective NFL quarterback. But he did the exact same thing against the Steelers. They lost by one score, and he threw an interception into that game where they were getting blown out for three quarters by Duck Hodges. So this one score thing is sort of a fallacy. He's been dog doo-doo. I mean, obviously he's lost by one scores, but he's played so poorly in the first 50 minutes of the game that, you know, he comes back and he throws oh, three oh, touchdowns oh, and eight interceptions. Not, look, let's settle down the first 50 minutes of the game. The Chargers, the Chargers dominated. The he team. threw two, interse- two terrible interceptions in the first half. Should have had a third and Ty Matthew threw it on the ground early in the third quarter. That's not the first half. I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? He had about? two picks in the first half. You just mentioned the third quarter. It's rel- early in the third quarter. Okay, look, they dominated the Chiefs. They should have been up twenty-eight to ten. They would. But have why been, weren't they? Because they, because their coaching sucks. Their red zone play calling blows. Philip Rivers couldn't execute near the goal line. Mike Badgley missed one field goal and banged home the other three. It's because they're a crap show. From so start at to finish. So at halftime, the Chargers had fourteen first downs to the Chiefs five. They had run half. They had run. 43 plays compared to the Chiefs' 23 plays. They had 312 yards compared to the Chiefs' 109 yards. They were averaging 7.3 yards per play to the Chiefs' 4.7 yards per play, and, and they entered halftime losing. Losing! They were and, losing! And to add on to that, Phillip Rivers had thrown for 237 yards in the first half, was basically on pace to cross 475, and Patrick Mahomes had thrown for 63 yards in the first half. This game no- was... This was just emblematic of their entire season because we've talked about how they've had so many chances to get into this division race over and over again. And this was the game that put it all like on display about why they haven't been able to do it. They got a half of Mahomes probably playing his worst half, I would say, since he became the Chiefs starter. And I think if you looked at – Not to interrupt you here, this is Mahomes' worst game as a starter. Right. And so – And so they get that. And they have to settle for field goals the entire time. And the entire time they're lining up for field goals, you just know, even if they make all of them, which they didn't, you know it's going to backfire. You don't beat Patrick Mahomes, usually, um, by kicking field goals. And then Rivers can't stop turning the ball over. And, I mean, his turnovers are just funny. Like, they are, like, comical. Like, that fumble 
interception he has is just like like if that happens to Jameis Winston or Josh Allen, like it's becoming like a meme. But because it's Rivers, uh, he has the, his own uh, separate meme. The in- incomplete pass that looked like a fumble at the end of the game. I mean, that was the most Philip Rivers play ever. <laughs> and he said, I know, and it was right after the Mike Williams. It was the play after the Mike Williams bomb, and I was like, that would have been the perfect end of the game if he just throws it two feet into the ground. And even on that game-winning drive, he has Austin Eckler open on third down, and he throws it into Chris Jones's helmet when Chris Jones is two feet away from him. I wonder if he were playing in a big market, like if he were in Chicago, for example, and this was sort of the downturn of his career, because it's happened very, very quickly. I mean, he's been good and really good for most of his career, except for the last two and a half months. I wonder if he'd be getting a lot more heat and there'd be a lot more pressure to do something about it because no one cares in Carson, California, playing in the soccer stadium, I feel like. I, mean, I, I think, I mean, look, he wasn't good. I'm not trying to say he was good. I, th- I think you're sort of overplaying the island, like the two island games on Thursday and then on Monday. One One's in Mexico. Um, they're against division games, good offenses. Uh, the defense played well and set him up. Look, I mean, look, I'm not saying he played well, but, like, the idea that he's just washed and completely toast, their offensive line sucks. It sucks. And he was – Rivers was fine – and I get that he threw two picks, but he was fine for the first half when they were moving the ball down the field. They had plenty of scoring opportunities. Their play calling isn't good. They run on first down. They they pull Austin Eckler off the field and try to throw to Melvin Gordon. They're hell-bent on doing things backwards. It's a crappy organization. And look, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't, if Philip Rivers wanted to play somewhere in 2020, he would have a long list of suitors. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would take I would take him over uh, Mariota, Winston, Big e- Eli Manning. I mean, there's a lot of free agent quarterbacks that are going to be out there. I would take Philip Rivers, probably even over Andy Dalton. So you know, I'm dead serious. Uh, well, here's the when, thing, John. Where's he has to go somewhere where obviously, as Brinson talks about, there's an offensive line. I would not take right, him over right, Brian right. Canhill right now in Nashville. And that is, it does absolutely the situation matters in that case. But here is how bad the Chargers were. Canhill, you're going to let him slide on that? It's ridiculous. I don't think that's ridiculous. Have Rivers you watched Tannehill play? I have to watch all four quarters living in Nashville. He hasn't been that bad. I would he's been better. Rivers. He's been better than Rivers has, but he's got a better Thank offensive you. line this year. Well, I mean, like I'm very close to swearing a lot. It's go, ridiculous. go for it. Your man sucks. I'm not gonna make Debo. I'm not gonna make Debo bleep all that out. Well, you, 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 hey, you, you know what? You know who threw a game-winning touchdown pass against the Chiefs? Ryan Tannehill. Touchdown. Oh, uh, and, and now you have Rivers two straight games, and this, I, somebody needs to look this up, I don't know if it's an NFL record, two straight games where you throw a game-ending interception with under 20 seconds left. He's I mean, probably done that before, so it's probably not a record. <laughs> it's preposterous. So, Brian Tannehill, 13 of 19 for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Did he win that game by any chance? I mean, what, what, are you, what are you out here st- standing for QB wins? This is, a, is this a joke? Is this I'm going a, for QB no. completions and no interceptions. You guys are clowns. I would rather, for the record, Brenton, have Philip Rivers over Ryan Tannehill in a heartbeat. Says the Mr. Trubisky apologist, but sure, go ahead. Same person with <laughs> Philip Rivers over Ryan Tannehill for one year. Uh, wait, but let me say real quick, fourth quarter, the Chargers went in the fourth quarter trailing 24-17. to 17. Some teams don't even get four possessions in the second half. I think the Vikings only had four possessions in the second half. The Chargers got four possessions in the fourth quarter alone needing to get this touchdown. Here's what they did. Four plays, punt, three and out, interception, interception. They moved the ball 
They couldn't move the ball. It it was mind-boggling. They were able to go up and down the field for three quarters, and then the same thing happens every week. I don't know if they had Ken Wisenhunt on the phone from the United States for the fourth quarter calling plays, because that's what it looked like. They just... They, everybody loses it in the Chargers sideline. Prince, you said they're trash. It's not just Rivers. It's the whole thing falls apart. I tweeted this before, like, before it started happening. They got down eight points and immediately, completely, utterly abandoned the run game that had been working for them despite being down one possession. And every single play was Rivers trying to force it 20 yards downfield into heavy coverage or into a tight window. It's you're at altitude. You're old as balls. I mean, it's just, you have no. You, you're not. Your receivers aren't getting separation. It's exactly what happened in the second half against the Raiders. Exactly. Now, look, I'm not trying to make like let Philip Rivers off the hook here. I mean, he's he's complicit. I mean, he's the one throwing the balls. He clearly has you know authority in terms of what decisions are being made there. Um, and he made a bunch of mistakes. He threw four picks. He wasn't very good. But the coaching staff stinks. And I don't think Anthony Lynn's a good coach. And I mean, they're, they're the chargers. They charge it up every week. I, I can't imagine, and I'm going to offend the five chargers fans out there that listen to this podcast, but I can't imagine rooting for the chargers because like I root for bad. I root for them in college. I root. I know this is partly intended at you. I root for a lot of bad teams. The thing is though, they're just bad and you know, they're bad. They have no business winning games and you can accept that. I don't think I could ever root for a team that is this talented and year after year after year does the same old crap every single game. I mean, you talked about how you oh, knew it was coming. The Bears. <laughs> the, the Bears aren't good. They don't have a quarterback. So I know they're not good. The river, I mean, Rivers is a good. I mean, you had Jay Cutler for like half a decade or whatever. You were to a Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. You were to the playoffs last year and double doinked. You sure? You sure is that much better? Then, then this, yes, I'm sure, because every I mean, single year, the Chargers, Phil Rivers should have won a Super Bowl by now. Like, he, he was good enough at his peak, and those Chargers teams were good enough to win a Super Bowl, but they find a way to do it every single year. And this year, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl good. They should be in this, in the AFC West race, because the Chiefs have fallen off. And they've won this game, they've let it, yes, and they've just let it squander over and over and over again. They do it every single year. I can't imagine rooting for a team that always gets their hopes ups. I mean, I tweeted in like the third quarter, like it was so predictable. Everyone knew it was going to happen. The Chief, the Chargers were going to get within one score, and then they were going to blow it late in the game. This happens every single week. Yeah, look, I bet on the Chiefs heavily on the Chiefs, minus four and a half. It was a lock the whole time. Never once was I worried about it. Not even not not at ten nine. Not not whatever. I, never, never once was I worried the Chiefs would not win by four and a half points when Philip Rivers got the ball near the goal line. With like six seconds left, or like 25 seconds left, I wasn't worried. I was like, here comes the pick. That's not what you were saying to me in Slack, which, quote, fill in your F-bomb face, Sean. That was on the all caps. call to, that was a, what did I say, fill F in your face? You mm-hmm. said, fill in your effing face, Sean. And then two seconds later, you tweeted, here comes the interception. So I like that you play it both ways. And someone on Twitter did point out to me that I bet you Brent's is going to act like he saw it coming and didn't care. He was exa- got half of it. Right? I mean, look, I bet on the Chiefs. I still root for the Chargers. Like, I, mean, I want the Chargers. To, I love the Chargers. I can't. I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm Charlie Brown with the freaking football. It's frustrating. Anyway, um, so that's what the Chargers. The Chargers charged it up, and uh, it wasn't great. 
and uh, the Chiefs won, but the Chiefs weren't even very good. Should we be, Ryan, concerned that the Raiders are going to steal this division? No, only because the Chargers blew a hole in that plan on Monday night. The Chargers have won that game like they should have. Then the Raiders are in first place, and then we're having a whole different conversation. Well, no, but you know if the Raiders go and beat the Jets, then the week after that is for first place in the division between the two teams. I feel more comfortable with with the Mahomes-led Chiefs than I do. And I know I don't hate Derek Carr like Sean does, but – I don't have Not just me. And also, I don't have a lot of faith. Even though Patrick Mahomes did play a terrible game by Patrick Mahomes standards, I guess the defense showed up. I and mean, we don't know because Philip Rivers just throwing the ball to him on purpose. But I will say this: <laughs> the Raiders' defense did not show up against Andy Dalton. <laughs> Andy Dalton 2.0, excuse me, Ryan Finley, at home, and that's more concerning for me because for as much as uh, you know, Joe Mixon and Gio Bernard ran all over him. I think the Chiefs' offense is slightly better than the, than the Bengals' offense against the Raiders. So the Chiefs, I mean, excuse me, the Chargers screwed up in several ways. Um, notably, they lost the game they should have won, but they also screwed over the, the Raiders by not winning that game too. And I think the other part to remember with the uh, Chiefs and the Raiders down the stretch is that Mahomes has been beat up all season. Tyree Kill left this game in the first quarter, didn't play the rest of it. Now they get to go on the bye. They finally get a chance to heal. They have not had that. And you know who cannot be beat off the bye? It is Andy Reid, and he gets to face the Raiders after the bye. Plus, they're going to be healthy. I think the Chiefs probably go unbeaten down the stretch, maybe lose one game at most. So I think the Chiefs, I don't want to say they're a lot because that one dude's going to record my statement and then send it to Brenton, and then Brenton's going to play in three weeks. But I I feel very, very strongly about the Chiefs uh, winning this division because they now have two weeks to heal, and we got Reed off the bye against the Raiders. I'll say it's a lock. I think I think they're going to beat the Raiders by double digits. I mean, we're we're going to talk about later in this podcast underachieving and overachieving teams, um, and the Raiders will be my overachieving team. The Raiders aren't that good, um, and their record their record in one score games is the reason why they have this. Um, the Raiders are in the playoff hunt, and point differential is negative twenty five. I I was going to save that for my make my case when we do overachieving teams since Breach called me Mister Point Differential. Anyways. No, the Chiefs are winning the division by this multiple games. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what the basic premise for deciding the outcome of football games is, John Breach? I'm telling you what Breach called me, and I was yeah, and I it, said but... point differential can be skewed if you are involved in a blowout loss. What are you? What are you? Uh, you a fan of? Uh, you a fan of scores? <laughs> Anyways, the Chiefs are winning this division by multiple games. I don't think it's going to be close. Yeah. Um. The, the, and the, real quick. Um, only well, I'll just say. So I'm a little worried that the Raiders are going to go to the Jets this week and lose straight up. I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Raiders to. I'm actually I'm rooting for the Raiders to win. So then the line is like, because it's, it's Chiefs at Raiders, right? Two weeks from now. No, it's Raiders at Chiefs. Ah. Kansas City. That means if they go and lose to the Jets, that line's going to be like 14. And you know what, Brenton? I actually thought, hey. Oakland's going to go the jet. They have to fly across the country, play in the Eastern time zone. It's a good trap game, but because the Bengals game was so close, they're not going to fall into another trap. So if this game, if the Raiders had blown out the Bengals, I would have been more inclined to think the Jets might pull this upset. There's no way they're going to fall in that trap twice, right? You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. The one thing I wanted to say about Mahomes, he, I don't think he, he obviously wasn't very good. The one thing I'll say though is that he actually, I think, looked the most healthy that he's been in yeah. months. Like he actually ran a decent amount by his standards. And again, he wasn't good throwing the ball. 
but it didn't look like a guy who was coming off multiple injuries. It, it's almost like he's finally got that ankle healed and that, and now that knee healed. So, and then he'll have the bias breach mentioned. So that's the good news for the Chiefs. He actually looks healthy. Uh, it was pretty wild to see him running around on that pitch up at Stadium Azteca. Uh, I did love how Joe Tess kept like, it's like my dad when he go, we go on like vacation and you know, we go like the, the Caribbean and like, we'll be like in like, uh, yeah, be like in the Caymans. My dad would be like, so like he'll be like, so is this like a uh a <laughs> like, well, my, my dad is the same thing. He starts like talking that? in a half accent. Like we were in like Scotland <laughs> once. He started just doing like a Scottish accent when he was like talking to locals. I was like, What are you doing, Dad? <laughs> yeah, my dad he like tries to like put a little inflection, like Tess is like, Of course you're in Austin de Bastaca. It's like you're Italian. <laughs> what are you doing? Like but like if you're if you're like like John, if John if John wanted to do this whole podcast in Spanish, sure. He first have to learn Spanish. Right. We were, we were in the UK and we're in a taxi and my dad is trying to ask, ask the taxi driver if there's a telephone on the street that we can use to call someone. But he kept on using the word telly because he was trying to be like cool, but telly means TV. And the, the taxi driver just had no idea what he was talking about. And he just insisted on repeatedly asking them if there's going to be tellies on the street. Uh, also like, like not, 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 you know, your dad listens to the podcast. I'm sure has a pictures podcast t-shirt. Um, <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe you don't need to like bust out the inflection like when you go to another English speaking country. <laughs> I'm with you. We call him out on it. Yeah, he he says he, he says he can't help it. My, my dad can either. He just slips into the accent. I love it. Um, anyway, uh, so it was on, it was at Stadium Azteca and the Stadio Azteca or Azteca Stadium. I'm, have you said it all day? I want to help you out. Get it right. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, hey, Boomer. Hey, what did you think how, uh, Pulisic looked on, uh, Chil- Chilson? <laughs> he just said Pulisic. It's Pulisic. Come on, dude. I'm, it, I, Here he that, goes. Look, he's gonna, that's, that's the joke, dot gif. That's right. That's the joke. Well, uh, actually, I was so just, the, the, look, the field was terrible. Yeah. And I didn't think that it got enough run early on. I really thought those guys. Not from your lack of tweeting about it. That's for sure. Well, it was a problem. I mean, like, I mean, Breach was tweeting about Breach was Breach was part of the propaganda machine leading up to it. He tweeted aerial shots like, oh, my God, look how amazing it looks at Stadium Azteca and uh, and, and talking about how, like, incredible it was. And then to get on there and like the second a cleat touches that turf, it's just chunks of grass are flying up. It, it just it looked dangerous. Multiple- By the way, your 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 uh, Spanish accent. You are 100% Kenny Powers when he's in Mexico trying to re- revitalize his baseball career. It's sort of the gig I'm going with here, but I mean, like, hola, me llamo Guillermo. Oh, somebody had a request that we, uh, do, like, he's the, you know, the Philip Rios, Felipe Rios would be mm-hmm. his Spanish name that we go through, um, and do our Spanish names on the podcast. Like, breaches is like, like, he, like, he, like, Googled, like, breach of contract in Spanish and then, like, apply, like, one, or something. It's something. I don't, I don't know. It's a stupid bit. Anyway, carry on. Um, the field was, <laughs> the field was terrible. Breach. What did you think about the field? Uh, you know what? I didn't think that it was Uh-oh, that big of a deal. I like. I saw Brinson complaining about it the whole time. <laughs> but if you look around the NFL, Levi Stadium has a bad field. Heinz Field. Ryan, how bad is Heinz Field? Was this worse than Heinz Field? It was maybe slightly worse in the first half. They pulled off some magic and fixed it in the second half. It was much better. Uh, Tampa Stadium is usually pretty bad. Uh, the Dolphin Stadium, whatever it's called now, Hard Rock Stadium is usually pretty bad. So I can name multiple stadiums that were worse than what Azteca Stadium was tonight. So I am not 
you know, obviously you would have thought after the debacle of last year that they would have wanted to leave no question in anybody's mind that Mexico City has a football field that's equipped to host a game. So in that sense, it's a little troubling that there was any issues at all. Uh, but in the big picture, I don't think this was a big deal because there are far worse stadiums in the United States the NFL teams currently playing. One, and here, here, one follow-up oh, yeah. question for you, John. Does your back hurt from carrying the NFL's water? Sorry, if Goodell's going to send me that check every week, I'm just going to keep carrying it. By the way, um, what do you I'm want not sure do? who was – I think Breach was asking – or I think Breach, you were asking about uh, how Philip, Ru- Philip Rivers was in the last couple of minutes of what game. What are you talking field? What are you doing? We already did Rivers. What are you doing? Well, this stat, I think, is pertinent to hurting your feelings more. So, fun fact. Say it's a fun fact, and you can do it. Yeah, fun fact. Ryan hadn't said a word for like 15 minutes. He's Googling Philip Rivers' fourth quarter stat. <laughs> Look at the look at the glee in his face. It's like when he sends his kid to timeout. He's like, I hate doing this, of course, but I am sending you to timeout. I don't I don't have to send my eight year old timeout. He's actually good. My twelve year old. That's okay. a different story. But Brad Gagnon, who we know from way back in the day, Retro Bleach Report, just tweeted this out. Philip Rivers in the final two minutes of one score games this season. He's fourteen for thirty five, which is forty percent. No touchdowns, four picks, a passer rating of fourteen point five. All seven Chargers losses, as we've said, countless times have come by one score. Snakes, just whenever you're done, just talk about the field. All right. <laughs> I'm giving the sign for I'm done. Do you, you want to talk about the field? Breach asked me about the field. I gave my thoughts on the field. I, it had no in, uh, impact on the outcome. I actually, it actually, it was bad in the first half. Uh, I didn't really notice it in the second half. I mean, no. Maybe that's because I was too busy laughing at Rivers. That's because the they, pour, they but... poured tequila all over it. Well, it also felt like in the second half, Andy, I, I look, I think this deserves a little criticism too, right? Andy Reid, man, that guy cannot stomp on somebody's throat. Like, just put the Chargers out of their misery, bro. Go down there maybe, and score a touchdown. Get a, I don't, get a field goal, do something. Get some, maybe like the rest of us on this podcast, he was not concerned about Phil Rivers doing anything. I mean, Rivers beat him in last year in the last game they played, so he has to be somewhat concerned. I mean, the, the, I thought the Chiefs' offense turtled up pretty badly. It was hyper-conservative Andy Reid. I would be, if I'm a Chiefs fan, that sort of thing concerns me because that's what he would do if he had a seven-point lead against Tom Brady, and then Tom Brady wouldn't throw the pick in the end zone. Tom Brady would throw the touchdown. Um, you know, same thing with, like, I don't know, Jacoby Brissett, Lamar Jackson, whoever else you want to throw in there, Sean Watson. I mean, I just think – Mason Rudolph. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, I thought the Chiefs offense was concerning in the second half. Concerning? In the second half. I mean, well, the Chiefs they had, terrible. They had two good drives in the second half, though. They didn't really have a single good drive in the first half. Chiefs offense sucked in the first half, and the Chargers defense balled out. And then the second half, the Chiefs put together two good drives, and they completely turtled up. Like, I, I, yeah, I, agree. I, wanted, I mean, like, I wanted to, I mean, if you're, if you got Patrick Mahomes, you're Andy Reid, flex on them. Go score. Put it out of, put it out, put it out of range, man. Look, they got the win. They're cheering. It's happy. Fantastic for them. Um, so it's such a sad day. They covered. I say it every time he gets sad. It's Dude, like you can't. four and six coming in. They're four and seven now. They're dead. They've been dead. They're just as dead as your Steelers, who are trash and also there dead. You just there have is. dead like I, the Bears. Almost as dead as the Bengals. It's a bunch of corpses laying around. No, the Bengals aren't almost dead. The Bengals are the only team in this conversation that are technically <laughs> dead, lifeless, not even on life support. They are they are clinically passed away. The Bengals are a zombie. They are a zombie. And the steamroller just reversed over them. <laughs> um, I think Debo's been talking to break for like 20 minutes. All right, so we're going to break. Did we miss anything from that game? 
Should we talk about Philip Rivers at the fourth quarter? That game, <laughs> how did that, how did that, how was that game a 24-17 divisional matchup on Monday Night Football on a, like an island game, uh, in Mexico and it sucked. The game sucked. It was pretty fun. It yeah. was fine. Philip Rivers provided the entertainment and we all enjoyed it. And you know why it was fun? Because it started off in warm-ups with Harrison Butker hitting oh a 70 yard field goal. Look, I'm not going to sit here and ask to have an emergency podcast about warm-up field goals, but I don't care where you are. A 70-yarder is amazing. You can go to my Twitter account, at John Breach, and look at video of this amazing 70-yard field goal that made it by about three yards. That's kicking from the other side of the football field, from the 40-yard line. You guys aren't impressed by that? We're literally talking about pre-game field goals. No, I'm impressed. I am I'm annoyed. I took the over on Chiefs field goals at one and a half. Bucker only kicked one. Super annoying. Uh, and but I am also annoyed that I couldn't get uh, the over down on forty six and a half. My it wasn't offered. I mentioned it on Sportsline. I hope you're watching that six o'clock p.m. to seven p.m. every day on CBS Sports HQ. Give out great gambling advice. I said the best bet uh, off the top. I was like, you better hit over forty six and a half longest field goal made. Bing bing, cashed it. Ryan, what do you think about that? I'm very proud of you. Good job. Well, I didn't make any money off of it, but I cashed it for people. <laughs> you helped somebody. That's right. Um, you know what we need for this podcast? Tequila. A break. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, two. I thought you were going to start the uh, Pink Floyd song there. No, I actually hit replay one time. So, uh, that's, that's, that's what I did. I, I just, I just paused money at the end. Uh, all right. Let's take a break. And when we come back. By the way, Tyreek Hill, straight hamstring. No definitive word. Damian Williams also injured. We'll find out more about that. Uh, any other injuries I missed? Philip Rivers, heart. Breaking hearts of Chargers fans. All five of think, them. Do you think Philip Rivers is really left-handed? <laughs> I thought he was going to catch that third down ball. That <laughs> I know. I was awesome. so excited. <laughs> he thought about it. Uh, he, he, did, he did the smart thing, the veteran thing. All right, let's take a break, and we'll do some stuff after the break or something. I don't know. Time's a flat circle. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get to some more news or something, whatever. Life is meaningless. The Chargers suck again. I hate the Chargers. Miles Garrett's suspension appeal is set for Wednesday. Breach, do you anticipate any change for Miles Garrett in terms of uh, what his suspension will be? 
I would be absolutely shocked if this gets changed. I think that the NFL made it pretty clear they do not want you ripping your opponent's helmet off and then swinging that helmet at their head. And if they do reduce this at all, that would not send the message that I think they want to send. So I think that maybe they might say, hey, you're done for the season and you can definitely come back next year. So instead of making it indefinite, putting a finite amount on this. So say, well, how many, they have five, six games left. So you're just, you're suspended for the rest of the 2019 season, regular season playoffs. And that, so that is your definite suspension. Uh, cause I know there was a part of his appeal was that you have to put a number on a suspension according to the CBA. I don't know how accurate that is. Uh, so I think, I think you have to put a, a specific number. on. Right. So I think they'll just say, okay, you're suspended the rest of 2019 and, uh, we'll see you in week one next year. Okay. Could happen. Anybody else think it'll be different? I, I, I don't think. I, I, I like that too, because like, he's not a dirty player. Like he obviously did something that was way over the line. And I think the punishment should just be the end of the year. I don't think it needs to bleed in. So he has to think about it all summer and all this. Like it shouldn't impact the Browns next year. Like but, but, he, he understands the mistake. Like he's not an idiot. Like he gets it. He, he saw it the instant he walked off the field. He, he knew he made a mistake. He doesn't need to get suspended beyond this year. Do we know he's not a dirty player though? Like I don't think he is, but the, the first game of the year, he was trying to slap, he did slap Delani Walker in the face. He had the two pass interference. Um, calls in week two, and then he, you know, he broke Trevor Simeon's ankle. I don't think that was dirty. I think it was just unlucky. But he has a sort of a history. I mean, he's not in Dom Sue, but mm. imagine the Steelers fan trying to get up in Miles Garrett's business. Wilson colon Garrett's a dirty player. Browns are trash. The thing is, like you look forward to to clowning Brinson about. Phil Rivers, and then you get in the moment, and you just start to feel sorry for him. It's a petulant child, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's exactly right. It'll be okay, Will. Thanks, thanks. I'm going to have to treat you like Robin Williams treated Matt Damon in Good Will Hunting. Uh, (laughs) It's not your fault. fault. Uh, Okay. It's not your fault. Matt Nagy, speaking of... (laughs) What do you do this time? What's that guy up to? Asked about Mitchell Trubisky's Quote, benching, because it's not technically a benching. He was just, he was injured, said, quote, it had zero to do with his play. Sean, are you buy or sell Matt Nagy's claim that, uh, that he's Mitchell Trubisky hurt? I mean, I mean it's, it's an obvious sell. Um, I mean, I, I, I legitimately believe that he probably, has a hip that might be bothering him a little bit, but if he was playing well, they don't pull him out of the game. Like every player at this point in the season has a nagging injury. And I'm sure that's what this is. Uh, but if he's playing well, he's not getting benched. I mean, come on. Like there's no, he doesn't need to defend this. And uh, Matt Nagy though said, there is nothing but pure honesty in all of this. So how can you call him a liar? Literally he's, everything he's that kind I, of a conversation wise, every decision that was made, it had zero to do with this play. It was completely based on that injury that he had last night and where he's at 100%. So I would ask you this. Why, if this injury that he claims is nagging him, the nagging him, get it? Uh, the entire second half, he couldn't sit down. He was tra- having trouble handing the ball off. And so the entire second half, he claimed since the second quarter, it happened. And so why did he run the option play? On third and one. First of all, that play sucks in the first place. Second of all, Trubisky wasn't ready to execute it. It was basically like a... They never run it all year. Why are you running that play? <laughs> Why are you running if he's hurt? He can't hand off. 
He's having trouble throwing. He can't sit down. And you're going to run an option pitch on a third and one when you're starting to actually move the ball. You're down three points. And you can go salvage your season with a road win on Sunday night against L.A.? It's terrible coaching. Trash. Also, I don't buy that timeline, too, because Trubisky had his best drive of the game in the third quarter when he threw that right. touchdown pass to Tariq Cohen. So I don't buy that timeline whatsoever. Well, and, and then he then he was like – the other thing he said too, like he was asked by reporters, they're like, listen, man, they, they're honest. They're like, listen, we're not trying to call you a liar. Like, we don't, we're not doing that. But Mitch had no idea about the injury after the game. He seemed very confused about the injury after What the do you game. think they were talking about in the huddle on the sidelines when they were hugging? That's the other thing. It's like, if the guy's hurt, you're not doing this embrace about how, like, it's not, you're not doing the, it's not your fault, Matt Damon, right. yeah. in Goodwill <laughs> Hunting, which is exactly what that was. Right. Mitch, it is your fault. <laughs> this is definitely your fault. It's all your fault, son. No one will know because you can't prove it because my microphone's off. And I'm holding you closely so no one can see my lips. But Ryan, except it's Chase over. Daniel, except Chase Daniel hovering over. <laughs> Chase, get out of here. Mitch. What a weird scene. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I don't, I don't want to call Matt Nagy a liar. That feels like a weird move. But this breach, this feels very fishy to me. Uh, yeah, definitely. There is. <laughs> This is like one of those where you don't want to break someone's heart. You let them down gently, and this is your way of cutting ties without making anyone look silly, even though Mitchell Trubisky's kind of made himself look silly. Uh, I mean, Sean, do you Is this a situation where you get talked into getting back together even though you don't want to? No. We've all yeah, been in that situation. God. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. Uh, Sean, do you even want Nagy to have – or do you even want Trubisky to get his job back? No, and that's not because I think Chase Daniel solves everything. It's just that it's they, they need to move past it. Like, it's not going to work. Once you bench him, and I know they're not calling it a benching, I don't think you can go back. And so. What's the plan, though? Up. No first-round pick. Would you want Phillip Rivers? Like, for real, in 2020? Yeah, yeah. I would take it over Mitch Trubisky in a heartbeat. Um, I mean, there's enough. They're going to. $22 million. They're going to sign a Rivers trade for Cam Newton, sign Bridgewater. I mean, I'd probably like Bridgewater the most out of those guys. That's a pretty optimistic outlook of what the Bears are going to do this offseason. How do you, what do you think? Is it optimistic? How are they going to get Bridgewater? Why is he leaving New Orleans? Isn't he a free agent? Do I have that wrong? Well, he, why would, he's just going to sign there until, and play until Breeze retires, I think. Well, if he's getting a starting opportunity on a team he thinks that he could take to the playoffs, I think he would take it. What if he looks at Chicago? Okay, okay. If, if I was just listing options, they can but get a Mariota, like, Tannehill. Oh my goodness! No, Mariota. That's it. That's who you pick. I would take Mariota. All right, Jameis Winston or Jameis Winston. That's all you have. I quit being a Bears fan. Okay. Whoa. I mean, no. Andy just Dalton. Taking a hi- just a little hiatus. I'm just gonna watch red zone. What about right Andy here. Dalton? I w- yeah, I would take Andy Dalton. I but are the Bengals gonna make the Bears give them like a fourth round pick? Because I don't want to do that. We have no picks. No, the Bengals lost all their leverage when they didn't trade them before the trade deadline. <laughs> so the Bengals will botch this. They'll probably end up cutting them, getting nothing in return, and uh, that would be classic Bengals. So I you, would take, you can have Andy Dalton when they cut him and you sign him in free agency. I do want one of Dalton, Rivers, or Cam, so either Brinson or Breach has to kind of like be happy for the Bears and like kind of root for their quarterback because that, be, that will bring pain to them. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I, I want Dalton to team up with Marvin Lewis, who gets hired by the Bears, and then they win a playoff game for Chicago. 
That ain't happening either. <laughs> it's like the whoa, dream big. Like what is, <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> so I mentioned Carolina. Uh, Ron Rivera says he's not going to make a change from Kyle Allen to Will Greer. Should he, Ryan? And if he did, what might we expect from Will Greer? You know, with your excellent scouting report or whatever you do. Well, we talked about it yesterday, if you recall. They're five and five. And we said, look, if they're five and eight, that's fine. But I'm sure Ron Rivera feels like he can win games with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's done a mostly good job this season. He's had a rough patch the last few weeks. So you keep rolling with, with Kyle Allen until it's clear that you're pretty much done. And at five and eight, for example, if that's what you happen to be at and you want to see what you got in Will Greer because you have three games left, you have a lot of decisions to make in the offseason about the quarterback position. I mean, Prisco seems to think, according to the folks he's talked to, that Cam's coming back and Cam's going to play. Uh, we'll see if that happens. Um, that might be the best option. But Will Greer, prolific season last year at West Virginia, but uh, is a wide-open offense in, in the Big 12 where they don't play defense. And also um, didn't have a great senior bowl and short, didn't have a great arm, didn't make a lot of great decisions. And he's uh, just telling What is he good at? <laughs> I, I mean, I, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, I think he was a comp pick. He's a late third-round pick, and that seemed about right. Fourth round pick. Um, I like Ryan Finley better than, than, than Will Greer, but you play him and see what happens. I mean, Gardner Minshew was a six round pick. And if he plays well for three games, you're basically the same spot you were after Kyle Allen played well for a month and a half. So you have options. I guess you can trade one of those guys in the offseason to Chicago or something, but if Cam's coming back, Cam's coming back. All right. Uh, elsewhere, Matthew Stafford is technically week to week, but, uh, expected to be out to miss up to six weeks. Shut him down. Lions, grow the bleep up and shut him down. What do you do? Do you go bring him back in this lost season? Let him break his back again? Shut him down. Move. Remember a month ago that I started liking Matt Patricia? Yeah. That's over. <laughs> You're honor. Marlon Mack undergoes – it's okay to be a front runner. Marlon Mack undergoes surgery on his right hand, expected to be out. He's already ruled out this week, Thursday. When we did our early Lions thing on YouTube, I failed to mention Colts, Texans this Thursday night. Exciting game. Um, division maybe on the line. Uh, he will be out this week, perhaps longer. That will heavily impact fantasy decisions. Juju Smith-Schuster, not just a concussion. Turns out it's also a knee injury that could cost him this week. Uh, Ryan, should they shut down Juju for the year? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's a serious knee injury. Um, the, the concussion concerns me more. He's had, I think he had one last year, so this is two now. Deontay Johnson isn't playing either, I don't think, with his concussion. So they, they signed a bunch of random dudes to play wide receiver. What, do you know what the, the current line is on that game? Cause it's. I bet the Bengals plus seven. It's plus seven still? <laughs> yeah. That's going to move, I feel like. It may, it may have moved. I'll tell you what it is in just a second. The over under, I'm, I'm predicting the over under at 18 points. Yeah, that might be true. I don't think it's going to move just because look, the Bengals had Andy Dalton last time. They lost 27 to three. They could not move the ball on the Steelers defense. You could literally give the Bengals on the one yard line, give them four quarters and as many downs as they need to try and get to the end zone. And I don't think they would be able to do it if it was just the Bengals offense versus the Steelers defense, 99 yards, four quarters. Uh, so I, I don't oh. say the, I don't care how many Steelers offensive players are injured. I don't say the Bengals are Yeah, but we have, we have Phillip Rivers East Coast version. As quarterback, so you're going to get some opportunities on defense to score some points. Well, one, it's already moved. It's six and a half. So you're Move wrong. Down. And I'm not going to sit here for the rest of the season and listen to this passive aggressive, pro anti Andy Dalton, anti Ryan. You're like a you're like a kid who got a little brother 
and you're pissed off and you're taking it out on other people. Don't take it out of me. Don't take your Ryan Finley hate out of me. I'm sorry you don't like me. What? I didn't say I hated Ryan Finley. I said he's not going to be able to move the ball. He couldn't move the ball against the Raiders. The Raiders have the worst secondary in the NFL. Everyone can move the ball in the Raiders. Finley completed like 10 passes for 115 yards. He can't get much worse, and he's going to go up against the Steelers. He's going to throw for nine yards and 18 interceptions. It's not like it's not hate. It's just a fact. I'm sorry, John. Mommy and Daddy wanted another child, and now you okay. You're the Bengals may win that game with Andy Dalton, the quarterback, though. Yeah, that's true. By the way, uh, we didn't say that to we didn't, stoke the fire. I we know talk, we didn't talk about this game in our in our look ahead lines. I, I'm going to go tell you right now. If you have the opportunity, bet the under. What is it? 39 and a half. They are not scoring 40 points in that game. Unless it's, uh, if they score 30 points, 28 will come via the defenses. Take the under. It's 39 and a half. It's minus 125. They're scared to move it down to like 36, but take the under. Uh, there's also a, a terrifyingly low over under in Buffalo, Denver, 37. I don't know how you take the over in that either. How many points did they score against the Dolphins? They scored 33, I think. Yeah, Denver's a much better defense. No, I agree. I was just, um, Sean's guy, Josh Allen got red hot in that game. Mm, he sure did. Uh, by the way, I'm kind of starting to like the Texans a little bit on Thursday night. Why? Uh, I said on the YouTube show. All these Colts injuries. Oh, right. By I, the way, I put, I put I, a, did you I see like, Paris Hill? Did you see Paris Hill? Did you see Paris Campbell's hand? I put it in Slack. <laughs> yeah, it's disgusting. But I like the over in this game too. 45. A lot of points. Can we talk about that on the YouTube show? Maybe. Sometimes you talk about so much stuff you forget what you talk about. True that. Um, I mean, I, I did. Yes, Sean. His hand looks like a football. It does look like a football. It looks. Yeah, like I don't think Paris Campbell's playing either in that game. Um, okay. Very quickly, we need to go to our CBS News correspondent, John Breach, to tell us everything that we need to know about Colin Kaepernick. John, for those who don't know, was on CBS in on. Tuesday? Monday. 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 Whatever. Tuesday today. I don't know, man. Whatever. Um, Breach was, uh, Breach appeared on CBSN, was with a very serious anchor lady who asked him questions about Colin Kaepernick, and you made, uh, fart jokes. Why'd you do that? Well, I heard that those were going to trend on Twitter during the game, and I wanted to get ahead of the curve. Kind of smart, huh? That was actually you on Fartgate, wasn't it? <laughs> we don't need to talk about that anymore. It's a secret. Uh, but no, I was on with Tanya Rivera. We talked about Kaepernick. And I think the basic point of all this is that I think the main thing I said was that this is basically one giant Rorschach test where if you already hated Kaepernick, then what you saw was, hey, he blew off the NFL. He doesn't deserve a job. If you like Kaepernick, then you probably said, oh, the NFL is trying to screw him over. He should be hesitant to sign any waiver because why would you trust an organization that's basically blackballed you for three years? And that is just the impasse we're at. I think, if anything, he hurt himself uh, trying to get a team to sign him because, look, you just bring this media circus, and, and that's what teams are going to see. They're going to be like, well, we don't want to deal with that, so we're not going to sign him. Uh, but I do think him doing this workout, there's a lot of teams that will need quarterbacks this offseason – so I don't think it would be a surprise if maybe like in March he gets a call, but I don't think he's getting one at any point in the 2019 season unless Bill Belichick gets desperate and wants him in, <laughs> wants him in New England to be, uh, Lamar Jackson on the scout team so they can beat the Ravens. <laughs> Are we all giggling about? <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> 
Um, good one, Breach. Uh, no wonder you killed him. I don't know. What are you guys even laughing? Should I say? Yeah, sure. Brent, I wasn't sure if you were awake. Oh, no, I wouldn't have sleep. I was just looking at I was just looking at something. I was staring <laughs> off at the Philip Rivers thing. Do you guys think I was asleep? Yeah. No, no. You pulled like this 75-year-old man. You <laughs> fell asleep in a split second and then just looked down. It looked like you were in bed and you weren't wow. going to wake up. And Wilson was at the host of the show. I'm not even sleeping. I'm too worked up to be sleeping. No, I, I, no, I wasn't asleep. I was... I just didn't want to hear. I, I was thinking about a competent conversation I had earlier in the day and how I got a fight at a radio station. It was all. What was the fight? It was, radio. it was a debate about Kaepernick. And I was, I was wondering whether I should ask you guys what you think about Kaepernick and whether we should dive into it further or whether we should just move on. What uh, radio station? 999 here. Uh, me and Joe Ovius were, he doesn't listen to the podcast. What so. was your, what was your side? I said that I don't know if Kaepernick wants to play football. Yeah. Why do people that's keep spicy. saying that? I, I feel like, what, you feel like that's what? That's so why, oh yeah. Why do people keep I, saying that? I, I just feel like he, like I, I, okay, like I don't, I'm having trouble buying the idea that the NFL was like, here's how we're going to trick Kaepernick into signing this waiver. Let's bring him to this. Like I see Mike Florio spouse that theory. Like that's insane. Sure. You see what Florio said about the, and some constitutional. Well, Florio, had, Florio had a copy of both waivers. It wasn't like he was floating a theory. He was saying, here's the differences between the two waivers, and they were clearly different. It's not like the NFL is trying to trick him, but it, it was enough that you would, if you're Kaepernick's lawyer, and it, and it precludes the NFL from uh, being sued against in the future, hell no, you're not going to sign that. Right, but do you think that the the NFL engineered this entire thing and trumped up a bunch of publicity and dragged Colin Kaepernick down to Atlanta no. with the intent of getting him to sign a document that would eliminate any future legal – like legal. Uh, like, that has nothing to do with Kaepernick not wanting to play football. Well, I, I just don't – I think he wants – I think he likes other stuff than football now. Why has he been training for three years? Yeah, why would he fly to Atlanta and go to a high school field and work out? So, trains? He doesn't do anything. Kaepernick he doesn't, doesn't he train? He doesn't fly to Atlanta to do it. What's that? He doesn't fly to Atlanta to do it. He walks down the street to the gym. Well, I think he wanted. I think he likes the platform. I think he wants the. He'd have much more of a platform if he just did a press conference and said the things he wanted to say. No one tracks his workouts. There was like three times that we've seen like workouts appear. But according right. to most reporters, he does work out and keep in shape, and he's ready to play. Yeah, I don't think he doesn't want to play football. I heard that. That doesn't make sense to me. But the other thing, sure. I mean, you could argue about whether he should a team should sign him for whatever reason. But the whole. I don't know if he wants to play. I just don't know where that comes from. I, I think he, I think he's more passionate about stuff outside of football. I think he's 32. I think he's probably. Well, according to JLC, he's been saying for three years he's looking for his next chance to play in the NFL. Well, if a team would give him a chance, then maybe we could find out. But teams right. are refusing to do it. I, I think that a team like I think the Buccaneers would be interesting. Bruce Arians ripped Carson Palmer out of uh, the bottom barrel of his career and turned him into something. And and maybe you call him and, and say, hey, Colin, come to Tampa. Uh, let's see if you work in my system. If you don't, at least we tried it out and you can go sign with another team. But I don't think, I think there are a couple teams that it would definitely worth to kick the tires and give him a call. He's not signing anywhere. I hope you know that. He does, but he's, his point is that it, given how terrible the quarterback play is, and we just saw a truly terrible quarterback play on Monday Night Football, why not kick the tires on someone who's not terrible? Necessary, but thank you. Uh, and, and we also talked about a little bit last night, uh, about Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman and how 
look how successful that combo has been. And so somebody with Kaepernick's capabilities might be more appreciated now with uh, Lamar Jackson's success. <clears throat> and you look at what Colin Kaepernick did while Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator. Uh, Kaepernick went 25 and 14 with Greg Roman. He went two and 16 with a combination of Jim, Chip Kelly and Jim Tomsula. Oh boy. At one point, the most winningest coach in 49ers history. <laughs> I mean, do you remember when, uh, Ron Jaworski? This is like 2012 or whatever. Was it 2011 or 2012? And Ron Jaworski was like, he's like, he said Colin Kaepernick is the best quarterback in football. What, what was the line? It was something, something like that. It was something crazy, but it, it ended up becoming this like, it was like all anybody talked about, uh, with like, like on ESPN for like 12, like 12 straight hours. It was insane. His exact quote was, I'm going to see if I, well, I was going to see if I can find a video, but go ahead. Okay. I truly believe Colin Kaepernick could be one of the greatest quarterbacks I ever. I truly believe Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I think I got it. I think you got it too. Yeah. You guys, same, same here. I don't have a button press, so I can't hear it. You guys are such a-holes. I truly believe Colin Kaepernick could be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I love his skill set. We heard Shelley talking about the arm strength. He throws with accuracy. And in today's NFL, you have to have mobility. He's got all those attributes. And here's what I love. He gets coached hard. Colin Kaepernick could be one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. I love his skill set. I think the sky's the limit. This is Sports Center Live. Strong words from John. I mean, he's obviously, I mean, obviously wrong about greatest quarterback, you know, that conversation. But the thing that he mentions in his skill set is all true. And to breach his point, I think that that skill set is appreciated now more ever, more so ever than in the NFL. And that's why I feel like news yesterday for. That's why I feel like do that on purpose. Not the oh, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Whatever. <laughs> well, I'm to not. add to Sean, I, I think if if we see Lamar Jackson lead the Ravens to the AFC title game or even the Super Bowl, I think that will make people more likely to give Kaepernick a call. What I was going to say is I don't want to try to jump into Brinson's brain or God, I can't talk. I don't want to jump into Cap's brain like Brinson was trying to do, saying Cap doesn't want to play football. But if I were to do so, I imagine as Colin Kaepernick, you would feel really, you would feel like as if your reputation as a football player has been tarnished because you had a couple bad seasons with, on terrible teams, uh, with coaches who have not been successful since he's worked, since he's worked with them and Chip Kelly and Jim Thompson, obviously, and that he feels like he wasted the prime of his career and he still has something to prove as a, as a football player. Because if he comes back and he plays well, uh, that completely changes, I think, his reputation in the eyes of a lot of people um, who are saying that this whole thing is a gimmick and he's not good enough to play and he's just drumming up interest and all this. Okay. Maybe he wants to play. Who knows? <laughs> so uh, defeated. I mean, I, 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 frankly, I'm just tired. Of, I mean, like, he's, I don't think he's going to get signed. I agree. With you. Not, I don't no, think. He came out and, he came out and said, you told the NFL, you told Roger Goodell and every NFL owner to quit running scared. He's not getting a job. He's not getting signed. I mean, it's just, he's not getting a job. And I'm, it is what John said about the Rorschach ch- testing is annoying too, because like you have, and none of us are doing this. Like I, like, I don't know if he wants to, I can't get in his head. I don't, I don't know if he wants to play or not, but like you have everyone out there who's been like lying in wait with their agenda 
either on one side or the other. And it's like, okay. up, up. I mean, just anybody who's an opinion on Kaepernick, like, like no. I, I don't, we didn't spend any time on Kaepernick on this podcast until tonight, until Tuesday. I think he's, I think he's good enough to start in the NFL. Like, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to come and be Lamar Jackson or whatever, but to Ryan's point, like I, during this game was working on my quarterback power rankings. It's like, I have to rank some really bad quarterbacks above 20. Like, Jared Goff might be back inside the top 20. There are some bad quarterbacks in the NFL right now. When Kaepernick was playing, he was at a lot of points a top 10 quarterback. And at the end of his career, even when he wasn't that good, I would still say he was a top 20 quarterback. Um, yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, well, the Rivers performance really sucked. All this, a lot of, I mean, just over it. I'll sleep. Over it. You, you know who we didn't give credit to in that game? Uh, Frank Clark. Yeah. Okay. Clark. All right. Uh, Frank. <laughs> Big. Yeah. We're going to talk overachievers, underachievers. I'll go first on the list, both of mine, so you guys don't have any options left. Um, <sighs> joke. Sean, you, you can go first. Because you've been the nicest. Just kidding. You can go first. <laughs> Last. Reach, go ahead. Well, I say if we're talking about biggest overachiever on the podcast, it's me. I show up every day. I'm a grinder. Uh, I bring fun facts to the table. And I make you guys smile usually, and I don't tell you when there's spiders running around my office. Oh, my God, the guy's back. Okay. Um, that's you, what you were doing. That's the situation. <laughs> Is that why you got up at one point with your laptop? Twice. <laughs> it's huge, and I went to trap it, and it. Bo- I've never seen a spider move this fast. I think it's from Australia. Oh, my God, it's staring Can at me. Can you take a okay. picture? I Yeah, I, it, it, <laughs> if it doesn't run away. Okay. So let me try and keep my over – Oh, the spider killed him. He's froze. <laughs> yeah, it, it. it paralyzed him. <laughs> That's the last known live shot of John. I think he's still talking though. Um, okay. This doesn't feel like an overachiever, but I, but I think it, I think it is. Let me know when Breach comes back online. Tired. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's just going to oh, cut it. Yeah. Oh, is he doing this on purpose? I got to screen this, screenshot this yeah. one. I, I was expecting to see him wrestling the spider. Okay, you okay? <laughs> he's so frozen. He's frozen. <laughs> Maybe he's doing like the... <laughs> is he doing the meme that the kids used to do where you freeze at the party? Again, yeah. I did it again. All right, I'm going to keep talking. I think this, he's this still talking, though. So my uh, my overachiever, Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it sounds silly now, ten weeks in, but when we started the season, no one had any idea how good Lamar Jackson was going to be. We were removed from the Joe Flacco era. Joe Flacco, who Brinson predicted was going to win a Super Bowl in Denver, and um, John keeps flickering, so that's why I get distracted. But I feel like the the Ravens, who had them at eight and two two months ago. Well, but I, I'm not sure that you understand the concept of overachiever. Like, they're just achieving. They're not. Uh, there he is. John's internet went out. I mean, yeah, but I mean, we didn't know that the quarterback situation wasn't settled. The defense ha- wasn't expected to be very good. They had no pass rushers. Obviously, the secondary was good, and they just traded for Mark, uh, Marcus Peters a few weeks ago. Go ahead, Sean. I think well, they're no, no. exceeding expectations. Yeah, of- yes. Yeah. So I'm with Brent on this. Like, when I think overachievers, I was going to say, like, the Raiders, because I don't think they should have their record. Like, I think the Ravens have earned their record. Um, 
I think it's just different definitions of what I'm starting at week one. When are you guys starting? Like now? You're starting at like week one based on their body of work till now. Yeah. A season. All right. I mean the Raiders I understand, but you know what? You know what? Let's applaud Ryan for thinking outside the box and not just going with the Raiders like everybody else was probably going to I mean, be. the Raiders have a negative, what, 20-whatever point differential. They're 6-1 and one in one-score games. All They've won six games this entire season. This feels like a team that, I mean, credit to them because they've already overachieved, um, and they deserve credit for that. Um, and their rookie class looks really good. But this feels like a team that if they don't regress this year in the second half of the season, they're going to – Maybe regress next year because they're not right. going to be six and one in one score games. Sorry, Sean. Um, what, who's your team, Brits? Before I ask two more questions, um, you know what? I want to say that my team is the Seattle Seahawks. See, now that's that's a team that I feel like in a similar situation with the Ravens because you they have one player on offense, basically. So, well, the Seahawks have a like the Raiders have a negative twenty five point differential. The Seahawks have a twenty plus twenty one point differential. Mm-hmm. The Baltimore Ravens have a plus 145 point differential. Like they're, they just, they beat up on the Patriots and they smash the Texans. They're just they're great. Yeah. I mean, like, like we don't have to get into semantics of it. I, I, I understand where you're going with that, Ryan. And, um, no, nobody thought that they would be eight and two and to me, the best team in football on a six game winning streak. So that they, they are achieving a lot. What about these two teams? Okay. And I'll, I'll rank them in order of over, uh, what's the word? Achieve. Overachieving, yeah. <laughs> San Francisco, San Francisco, and Minnesota. Yeah, I was gonna say San Francisco, but then I audible to Seattle because I was worried you guys would dunk on me for why. Oh. I was gonna say my second team if someone took the Raiders was gonna be the Colts. Kind of a very similar team that I mean I say it all the time in every in one score games all the time. Yet they're in a position to win the division because a lot of those one score games have gone their way. I think their point differential now is like what plus twenty something because they won a the game by twenty points. So. Um, they seem like a little bit overachieved. They, as well. they have no business being six and four. If like, they had a field goal kicker, they'd be eight and two. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, they, like th- this is sort of the overachiever thing. It's like they're punching above their weight class. Like they're like they should really be four and six. They're like, playing better than their actual talent level, which I don't think you could say with the Ravens. I think the Ravens just are this good and this talented. The Raiders are performing above their talent level. In uh-huh. Ryan's defense, he may be stuck in some kind of delusional. Um, situation where as a Steelers fan, he doesn't want to accept that the Ravens are going to be the best team in football for the next, um, five to 10 years. Uh, Breach reports, uh, that my internet went out and it was because of the spider. So we've lost John Breach. We'll continue on without him. Uh, Debo has a great chance. Unless he's dead. What about the Dolphins? Dolphins are overachieving. Yeah. yeah. That, I like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Great suggestion, Debo. I would also throw out that the Bengals are overachieving. That team should really be like 0 and 12 through 10 weeks. <laughs> John's not here and you punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the Dolphins are abs. The Dolphins at negative 166 point differential absolute qualify. Uh, the Bills. I threw the Bills in there. Yeah. That's right. I would actually that if we're going that route, the Jets have overachieved the last few weeks because they look like dog doo doo the first seven weeks of the season. But yeah. Last well, year. Yeah. I would say the yeah, I think that probably qualifies. And then for underachievers, so our choices for overachievers are Raiders, Ravens, and Seahawks. We also like the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Colts as options. San Fran too. Yeah, although San Fran again plus one forty point differential. That defense is legit. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, right. I think they're I think they're playing at their talent level, especially because they're playing they play, the I mean, the Well, who, they play a lot of bad teams, but they've beat up on bad teams. Well, part of my evaluation is: Do we expect this team to be anywhere close to nine and one at the beginning of the season? And the answer, obviously, is no for them. Well, we but that didn't talk this through before the podcast is the problem. All right, let's go to unders. Uh, underachievers. This is an easy one. I'll just take the Chargers and move on from there. There's no need for additional commentary. The Chargers <laughs> perennially underachieve. Sean, I'll throw it to you to the next. Most obvious underachieving team. You want me to say the Bears, but everyone, I thought, a lot of people thought the Bears, this actually might happen to them, and so I'll save it for Ryan. Uh, the Rams, I think. And I, I know the Rams, the Rams, the Rams aren't dead. They're six and four now, but I don't think any of us think they're going to make the playoffs, and this is a team that was supposed to probably right now be leading the NFC West or fighting the Seahawks from the NFC West when we didn't think the 49ers are going to be any good. And the big concern, obviously, is, this offense is so bad. I don't know if you guys saw the Rams are playing in primetime next week against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. And when they advertise that game, they have to advertise it with Lamar versus Aaron Donald. Like they can't, you know what I mean? The Rams offense is so bad. They have Gurley, Cooper Cup, Jared Goff, and they can't use any of those guys as promo. They have to use a defensive lineman. Look, Aaron Donald might be the best player in football regardless of position, but he's not the guy that, you know, draws eyeballs because he's playing on the interior of the defensive line. So I put it at the Rams. Uh, I mean, their offense right now. Uh, I, I mean, I said it on yesterday's podcast. Their quarterback situation is worse than the Bears because Stop. they. I'm gonna have to stop you, ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. John Breach is back. No. Guys, the the spider didn't ah. kill me. It didn't kill me. It tried to. It cut my internet out. This is warfare over here. Absolute warfare. What well, I missed. We're doing over-unders. Ryan blitzed the Bengals for like three minutes. Just yeah, annihilated. Right. Dunked on them, teabagged them, lit them on fire, blowtorched them. Classic Ryan. What's your overachieving team, John? Well, who did you guys name so I don't have any repeats here? And I'll you even did, name- you already went through the whole league, so just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bengals big, oh yeah. should be 0-12. No, I was going to be the Colts for overachiever. It's All good. right. Good, good. It's good choice. I think that sure they're six and four, but I think everybody thought they're going to be worse because Andrew Luck's retirement. I don't know how their head is above water, and they'll be the AFC South front runner if they win on Thursday, which is definitely possible because they've won four or five against the Texans. That was we we each named a team. Uh, Sean, uh, uh, let's get your thought. You can you can clear this up. Sean said um, the uh, Raiders. I said the Seahawks. Wilson said the Ravens. Anyway, you see the Ravens is overachieving. I would not – I feel like the Ravens were expected to finish in first or second. Just, we killed him for it. Go ahead and kill him, too. Yeah, you were actually nicer than I thought you'd be. Right. Uh, <laughs> so so I, out of those, yeah, that, that's probably the least overachieving. But they're so overachieving because nobody thought they would be this good, so I'll give that Wilson point. that. They have, achieved, uh, they have achieved more than expected. Yes, that's correct. Um, I took the Chargers as an underachiever. Sean – like a wuss took Rams, leaving Ryan, hanging Ryan out to dry. I'm not taking his team. I have, I have two other prospects, but John can go ahead if he wants. Okay. Um, well, I can't believe Sean didn't take the Bears. That's your team, Sean. And yeah, I just felt like it was too obvious. A lot of people thought the Bears would regress. I would take the Bengals, except that Brinson and Sean both thought they were going to be the worst team in the NFL this year. So they couldn't underachieve because they are the worst team in the NFL. They're just, they're equally achieving what their achievement was supposed to be. Uh, I'll go with. Why didn't we bet on the Bengals have the number one overall pick, by the way? 
We like that bet. We're like, this is a great bet. It's like nine yeah. or ten. Well, we spent half a podcast talking about it in August. We did. I, I, I tried to talk you guys I out of it. I don't know if you might have been on one of your five vacations. It might have been like it might have been like sixteen to one or something big, and we just didn't take it. We were doing like division odds. We were running through. We would do a division a day at the end of the podcast, and Breach was making this case for the ceiling ten wins, and Brent and I were like, you know what? There's a better chance of they finish and get the first overall pick. Yeah, and Breach was like, that's crazy. There's no way the Bengals will have the first overall pick, and they're gonna have it by like three games. They're gonna uh, the first overall pick in like. It'll be close. And Thanksgiving. Redskins aren't great, by the way. Mm, Redskins are bad, too. They're underachieving. Uh, anyway, Breach, who, who's underachieving? My underachieving team is the Falcons, who uh, apparently from day one should have had somebody calling first and second down plays and somebody else calling third down plays on defense and who should have moved their secondaries coach, gotten rid of him, and moved their wide receivers coach to the second tip. They should have all done this in August, and then they would have been good because the Falcons were playing right now how we thought they were going to play at the beginning of the season. I know where this magic formula came from, but also maybe the Chargers should take a note from the Falcons, maybe have like an offensive guy call first and second down plays and flip it to someone else for third down calls because whatever. It seems to be working for Atlanta, and as good as they are, and they've won two games in a row, they have absolutely underachieved. I was going to have the Falcons as one of my teams since John took it. I will take the other team, not call the Chicago Bears, Cleveland Browns. I think Ooh. they qualify as an underachieving. Did I get that one right? That's, that's good. Great. That's a great good pick. job. Because, listen, the Bears don't have a quarterback. We know that. I, the Fal- fact, Ryan, Ryan, you know what? That yeah. was the best pick. Yeah. <laughs> the Falcons have a quarterback. The Browns have a quarterback. It wasn't all Baker Mayfield's fault. It's mostly Freddie Kitchen's fault. But they, they shouldn't be a 4-16. Um, Devo had a couple of suggestions, as he does. Uh, Philly. Come on, Debo, settle down. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, I would actually buy Dallas. Dak Prescott is playing at an MVP level, and wait, how are they underachieving? Yeah, are they underachieving. They're, 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 they're underachieving. They that team should be better. That team should be better. Well, that's the same rationale for the Ravens being if, overachievers. If you swap Sean McVay and Jer- and Jason Garrett, what would the Cowboys' record be? I'm not crazy on Sean McVay this year. I was going to say, are we sure about Sean McVay anymore? By Sean Payton. Sean, yeah, Sean Payton and, well, yeah, or Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, they'd be at least eight and two. You could run, you could run Sean McVay's scheme. The only person you can replace Jason Garrett with and be worse is Freddie Kitchens. Uh, Zach Taylor. No. I feel like the, the Bengals haven't given up on Zach Taylor. Bill Callahan? He doesn't count. Where's the Bengals having on Zach Taylor? He's still like they haven't won a game. Yeah, he's still like on their what evidence? Trying. What evidence do you have? Yeah, Zach Zach Taylor's like still on their cell phone plan. Like he's too young to like give up on him. Like he's still like he's like, hey dad, can I have thirty bucks to go to the store? And Mike Brown's like, God, Zilla, this guy I hired this kid. Breach is just ignoring you. The Jets are underachievers, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, I just yeah. try to say they're overachievers. <laughs> The Broncos would probably qualify, although maybe the Broncos are just bad. Exactly Terrible. what we thought they were. Not Brinson. It's fine. The Bears definitely qualify. They suck. <laughs> you mentioned them yet? Uh, Buccaneers, three and seven Buccaneers? No, that's the Buccaneers. Yeah. That's Jameis Winston, that's the Jameis Winston quarterback team. Panthers could have been an over, an overachiever. Man, except for uh, the last two weeks. If they'd beaten the Falcons, they'd be an overachiever. Well, they got a 50 burger hung on them by, by, uh, Cardinals. Be an overachiever. I mean, they've already matched last season's win total. Yeah, but that was like three weeks ago. But here's so. the thing: Are Chiefs an underachiever. Yeah, they Mahomes got hurt. Let's see what they are at the end of the season. I still feel like they're getting to ten, eleven wins. 
Jaguars underachiever? Is this just who we thought they would no, be? No, that's exactly. Are they overachieved with Minshew? I feel like that's true. Ooh, that's a good. When point, Foles right? went down, we thought they could be a, in contention for like a really high pick. Yeah. Um. There you have it. Redskins are underachieving too. One team not mentioned because they're great. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They're. I don't know what they are. They're just like a an injured mess with a quarterback who's terrible. Oh, they're negative two point difference, so they're so close to being perfectly mediocre. Yeah, that's that's actually, like I said, if they win eight games this year, that's a victory. Yeah, for sure. Nine games, and Mike Thomas getting a statue. <laughs> so you're off the playoff run. The playoff run is over. Oh, I was off that when they beat. No, Brent. Brent. Oh, okay. Uh, no, not yet. I'm off the uh, playoff push. I moved to playoff push. We're off playoff run. Playoff push now. It's <laughs> like storm watches. Quote morning. in the hunt. You know, when they show those graphics, they're in the hunt. The Bears are in the hunt they right now. They have five very winnable games in the next five weeks. Uh, the problem they, with these teams is they're all losable games, too, and then they go two and three or three and two. I mean, and that's Bengals, why you're, Bengals, that's Bengals Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets, they could win all five of those games. Yeah, they could also lose all five of those games. Yeah. Ooh. They currently have one wide receiver. So they can go two and three or something. I'm just saying. One wide receiver, no running backs, and Mason Rudolph is their quarterback. But I mean, like, if they managed to go on a five-game winning streak, that would not be insane. Yeah, it would. That would be pretty wait, wait, yeah. wait, crazy. Before we go, Breach, did you kill the spider? Spider is not dead. It's still roaming around. I told this thing. Have you ever seen like the Flash? That you know that character. This spider moves like the Flash. I am a hundred percent convinced this is some sort of Australian spider. I've never seen a spider move this fast. Every time I get within a foot of it, it bolts faster than I can think. I've He's tried to kill it twice. <laughs> it has escaped um, twice. Breach is definitely on drugs right now. It is laying eggs somewhere in my house right now. Why I would it be an Australian spider? Breach, Breach, is, a, Breach is on a large amount of math right now. <laughs> I was going to say I'll coke. Uh, I'll take his clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God, Breach. No more. Yeah, we're out of here. We're done. We're done. We go from Philip Rivers and now. The nudity. No, it's like the podcast. We got to see Breach. <laughs> Reach his bare chest. See you guys tomorrow. Brady Quinn Football Show. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.